Hello, I am Tracy Hitchings. My guest returning for part two is Jimmy White, DJ, who announces for the ABC Gold Coast radio station 94.1. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and a very good night to you wherever you are across the globe. I am transmitting from the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. You have tuned in to Tracy's Prog World. Hi out there, guys. Welcome back on board again. I hope you're all safe and happy out there, putting your feet up somewhere. And if you're driving, please be careful if you're listening even to um, Tracy's Prog World. So a quick recap on last week for those of you who didn't catch part one. And please do so. Go back into season two here and catch Jimmy on the first show because it's just full of so much um, wonderful information. Jimmy is radio and TV royalty out here in Australia. Jimmy has been 56 years in the business and is happy to share again with us mere mortals, his experiences and changes um, and the ever-evolving times that he's actually gone through. So it's just really pretty incredible. Last week, we tucked into a good serving of his radio life. Today, we um, with Jimmy, we look at his guest list menu on his TV show. And Jimmy's TV show is called Time for... Lo- it was called time for living and of course other things many other things with Jimmy because he's been there long enough to uh, create a lot of things so a very stupendous welcome back Jimmy White welcome again thank you Tracy (laughs) thank you very much oh the honor's mine indeed Jimmy thank you for you know being so kind to return it's a pleasure yeah so I hope you had good fun on a podcast I don't know whether you've done podcasts before was that your first or your 21st this was my first ever podcast with you, Tracy. Well, I am ev- I'm even more honoured. I got to podcast <laughs> Jimmy White before anybody else did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's lucky I've got friends with you three people I know. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Jimmy, bless, bless you, darling. Anyway, welcome back here. So, Thank you um, very much. Thank you. And we did discuss a lot of your radio stuff last week and your, yeah. your life in radio, and it was fantastic. And um, I did forget to ask a couple of things, actually. Yeah. Um, First of all, I'd like to start with that little story about a certain BG, how it came about at all in the first place and what he had to say to you. So this was about Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees, wasn't it? So Yes. Great place to start. <laughs> yeah, well, let's start it. Yeah, well, I, I was um, brought up in Scarborough, not the Scarborough in England, but <laughs> Thank you. Scarborough in in Queensland, Australia. And um, I loved living there and I went to school there and I lived in Fortune Street and around the corner was uh, Fifth Avenue and that's where the BGs lived. Now, Barry Gibb would have been just a little bit older than me, so we're in our, it'd be 16 going on 17, I was probably 15 and a half. And um, anyway, another mate of mine, Paul Drummond, who used to play drums and uh, my father bought me a guitar. So uh, I started to play the guitar and work out my own music and do all that on the guitar. Um, and uh, I said to Barry Gibb one day, they were going for a walk with, um, you know, the, the brothers and the father. I said, if you want to come down, mate, give us a bit of um, an idea of how we sound, do that. So he, Barry came to the place and he said, that's quite good. I said, I'm going on Channel 7 um, with Nancy Nudson to do this uh, show um, audition and see if I get a job on it. So I went up and did this audition and uh, then I got the okay to go back to Channel 7 and do this live. And because I didn't have much musical ability to me, I'm I'm better for broadcasting than being a musician, right? 
And my mother said to me, well, the guitar's all clean. I cleaned all those things at the top. I said, you touched the top bit. So I didn't have this, didn't have this. And so I get to Channel 7, there's an audience there, and this lady, Nancy Nudson, said to me, okay, do you just want to do a bit of an audition? I went, no, thanks, I'm, I'm right, I'll just wait till, you know, I'm live on TV. So I sang very loud so the music behind me couldn't come out that much because mum tuned all the things the wrong way. Oh, and you and didn't know how to retune. I didn't know how to return it, no. But, uh, but that's... That's the first time um, I ever saw uh, the legend himself, Barry Given. He said, yeah, that, that's pretty good. And many years later, when I was in a Brisbane station called Colour Radio 4IP and the BGs, who were world famous then, yeah. came out to Brisbane, yeah. we were interviewing them and he said, uh, I remember you. And oh, I said, that was a big hit by Frank Ifield, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you're from Scarborough, aren't you? I said, good to see you, Barry. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. And, of course, yeah. they've got that wonderful walk of fame up there. In, it's in Redcliffe, I think, haven't they? Because it's in they, Redcliffe. I think they came from Manchester in England, if I'm correct, and they, they ended up in, in that area. About, I think Barry was about nine years old or something like that. So, um, yes. And they, yes. if anybody's over here in Queensland at all, there is a great walk of the Bee Gees going through Redcliffe. I presume yeah. it's still there. I can't see how they'd ever take it, it down because it yeah, it, yeah it's a it's a part of what makes the Redcliffe people feel very very honored and great and yeah. uh, and of course they loved it there the BGs they absolutely loved it didn't they yes they, they certainly loved it and uh, uh, a legendary mate of mine called Bill Gates is that the Bill and Melinda Gates no not Melinda did you say Bill Gates did you say DJ yeah he used to be a radio broadcaster thank god for that yeah. right yeah 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 <laughs> and uh he he gave the BGs um, their you know initial publicity recording at the Four BH Studio. Yeah, BGs, Bill Gates, things like that. Yeah, they all match in. Yeah. Just a curiosity that you kind of touched upon, but I probably didn't take it deep enough. So again, like I say, Jimmy, I'm learning here. So yeah. we were talking and touching upon you being at home in this day and age, doing some recordings at home for your radio show. Yeah. So home recording set up in this day and age, what does it look like? What is it? Well, look, if someone told me when I was 16, uh, starting as a trainee announcer uh, in the country, one day in the year 2019-20, which would have been out of my head back then in 1964, there'll be no turntables, there'll be no um, libraries. You'll be pre-recording your three-stroke, four-hour shift, and it's going to take you to record a three-hour shift 20 minutes. Yeah. And so what you do, you turn the computer on, and you bring the VT file, the voice track system from 94.1, double click, comes up, you bring the program up in front of you, Yeah. you click on the date, you click on the time, midday, if I'm doing 12 till 3, 12 o'clock comes up and there's your whole program in front of you. The weather, Yeah. Uh, in, behind the weather there's a Billy Joel song maybe, I'm just and living here. So you click on the Billy Joel song under the weather and you hit record and down the side it's recording. You do the weather, you can introduce Billy Joel if you like or just say and that's the top expected today, 30 degrees, yeah. and hit stop, pause, 
that's voice track one. You do the same thing again. You do the same thing again. So you're just voice tracking all through the first, second and third hour, saying what you want to say, doing what you want to do, but you're not sitting there listening to three songs in a row, which takes you three hours to do. So it's a 20-minute journey. Yeah. Wow. So that, that there is the beauty from a time point of view and a modern point of view and a computer point of view, but a different setup to my podcast studio here, Jimmy, yeah? Yes, yeah. And, and you know, it was only a fortnight ago. I'm at uh, a shopping complex and I hear this uh, guy yelling out and, and uh, I knew who it was and he said, hey, what's going on? I'm listening to you on the radio right now, and here you are walking into a shopping complex. I said, modern technology. <laughs> there you go, Jimmy. But that was going back in your day as a, you know, a live radio announcer that you could do the recorded shows, but it was obviously the facilitating of it is, was different again because of the oh, equipment yes. then, yeah. Yes, yes, different equipment. But here and now, you, you can be in 100 places in one, at once with technology as it is now. It really is quite incredible, isn't it? A couple of the announcers that uh, do pre-recorded shows have their computer on them. They may be in South Australia, away from Queensland, Australia, and they'll record their shows in their building, whatever, same thing. So that's kind of cleared that up a bit more. So yeah. I, always, I find it fascinating because anything technical to me is just like quite scary. I normally run away, but I'm having to learn that I can't run away because <laughs> if, you know, you either face it or you probably, if you're in this world, you won't be in this world. So, you know, you've got to face it a little bit, you know. Yeah. Now it's, it's kind of exciting hearing it from your point of view because, you know, you're legendary and you've come through it all. So yeah. that's great just to share, to touch upon that. So thank you for that, Jimmy. And uh, yeah, and Jimmy, now I'd love to know because... You, through your years of radio and the beautiful, smooth voice that you have for it, you became a TV show presenter and interviewer. So um, how did that come about at all? And what was it about and what it, what it's called before we go into your wonderful list of um, delicious uh, stars? Well, I was, on, I was on radio at uh, a station called 4BH in Brisbane, which is now B105. And, and one of the uh, gentlemen at Channel O in Brisbane that I grew up with, and he was the 2IC, said, uh, how would you like to come up and interview um, and introduce the Amco Cup on a Sunday afternoon here on Channel O in Brisbane? I said, well, never done TV before. So um, I came up. I didn't have to do much more than what they'd shown me. They'd crossed to me live in the studio and I'd say, welcome along. Uh, thanks for joining us this afternoon for the Amco Cup. This team and that team are are now playing very shortly, so we'll take you over to Ray Warren to start the Amco Cup for this afternoon. You'd go into the break and you'd say, let's go back to Ray Warren in Sydney for the continuation of the Amco Cup. So I did that for about six weeks, and then I get a call from uh, uh, the late David Joel, who said, uh, mate, um, the cricket legend Ron Archer, who was the general manager of the time of Channel O, he said uh, he'd like to have a chat to you, see if you'd like to join us full time. And that enthused me quite a bit. So we had a chat and I became an on-camera personality doing general on-camera in the mornings, um, hosting in the afternoons for the next show, voice-overing 
the next show's coming on, the next show coming on, the next show coming on. I do that in the morning and close the station down in the morning. Thanks for joining us tonight. Boom, 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 ding, ding, ding. On behalf of everyone at Channel O, Jimmy White wishing you a very good night. So that's when the station closed early. But after that, I started to get uh, a lot more involved in the station and um, they asked me whether I would like to produce and present a national show called Time for Living on the O10 network, Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne. And that included uh, going out, pre-recording, getting interviews with different people um, from Australia Zoo. What's the legend's name there? Steve Steve Irwin, Irwin. he's a crocodile man. Yes. Now, that's what I'm really excited to hear about that. Yeah, so, you know, that's one example of what you'd find in Time for Living. There'd be three different subjects and I went out to interview Steve Irwin's father, who was, you know, the big bloke that started it. Steve was only about 11, you know, running around chasing his dogs and cats at that stage. Yeah. And uh, Before the crocodiles, yeah. <laughs> before the crocodile came in. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad the crocodile didn't come in, by the way. I would have run out <laughs> the other door. At, at the end of the day, um, it was a great interview, went to air, and uh, at the end of the day, we had a photograph taken with us, Steve there, me a little bit taller, his father <clears throat> and his mother. And, uh, and unfortunately on the passing of Steve, I looked at a local paper that weekend and here I am in a photo with with him and his oh. father and the whole bit. But, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, they were some of the interviews we did Yeah, on Time for Living, yeah. Incredible. So how did you find him as a person? Just a lovely, lovely boy. <clears throat> Grew up into a lovely man. Yes. That's all you could say. He just cared so much about the wildlife and uh, just just so passionate and so excited. So much information. So much information he had. He was a genius of a man. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What a privilege. What an absolute privilege to meet the family because of his father, Steve, yeah. What else can you what what else more than that can you say say about? I mean because obviously the passing of him was such a shock to the whole world, you know. Um taken in that that particular way as well. I mean, it's like, um, well, I suppose you almost might say, well, it was very possible, but um, it's such a tragic loss. I mean, he was doing so much for cons- conservation, wasn't he? And uh, He was just a genius. And the way he went, like no crocodile took him, uh, a stingray took him underneath the water, which, you know, wasn't even meant to happen. Um, no, no. But he, he was the... Basically, after his founder, he was the man that presented the way Australia Zoo is now presented. He took it way up there, way up there. Fabulous. Yeah. You know, and I do look forward to one day visiting that. I don't know what's going to happen with it in these, these times in which we're in, but um, I've heard different stories, but I'm, I'm sure they're going to fight to yes. keep everything as, as best possible. Uh, absolutely. And you got to... Um, uh, interview uh, Matt Munro. Now, I think... Instantly from Russia with Love, of course, that smooth, beautiful voice. So tell me about that uh, and how you went about that and what it was. Because I'm looking forward to catching up with some of these shows, Jimmy. I've seen a, I've seen a few of your, a few of your things, uh, which Dr. Prog has showed me. But, uh, yeah, this is one I haven't seen and I don't know if it exists out there still because that was in different times, wasn't yeah, it? So, yeah, um, yeah. Well, yeah. with Matt Monroe, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to be uh, given the opportunity to compare at one of the big clubs in uh, northern. New South Wales called Twin Town Services Club. 
And we're going back to the middle 80s into the 90s and uh, international acts would flow through for four days and um, Matt Monroe was one of them. Um, I interviewed Matt Monroe because I was on radio. I was doing the breakfast show on the Gold Coast. And so we had a great chat. And then um, I thought live on air the next morning, I'll ring him up again. So the phone rang and his wife picked it up and she said, oh, you don't want to see him at the moment. He's just coming out of the shower. I said, oh, just put a towel around him and I'll have a chat. This is on radio. (laughs) So we had a nice chat and we had lunch that day. And I said to him, you know, a song that, I really love is walk away, walk on. You know, I said that just is really exceptional of all the songs and hits you've had, Matt. So the last night, it's a Sunday night, I'm standing up the back and he said, look, it's been a great week. He said, I've met some wonderful people and he said, I've made a brand new mate in four days. He's a great announcer. His name is Jimmy Wyatt and I'm going to finish and dedicate this song to him. Jimmy, this is yours. Good night. God bless and he sang, walk away, walk on. Add tears in my eyes. Wow. Wow. I'll never forget Matt Monroe. Can you tell me so show could you tell what, me, um, um, is there anything more to say about Matt Monroe at all that you discovered? Like or that. Just trying to get a picture of you. A lovely bloke, um, a, normal, a normal man that had a great singing voice and a great name, enjoyed having a coffee, having a beer, uh, having a nice lunch and, um, yeah, and was always prepared to present himself as a number one artist on stage and he did that very well. Yes. Wow. Thank you. That, that's that's a lovely way to put it. It really is. Yeah. So yeah. I'd love to ask you about Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. yeah. What a legend of a man he was too. <laughs> Loved a glass of red. <laughs> 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 like to have a cigarette every now and again. Right. And um, we uh, we spoke for about oh, 40 minutes um, in a private room with a camera crew and um, we just talked about uh, the history, uh, the mates he had, Frank Sinatra, um, you know, all those well-known international names. He was doing... Right. So it wasn't in studio then, that, that... America. It was just a general chat about the things he liked doing. And it wasn't much different to most people. Um, I think he indulged a fair bit having a little drinky. <laughs> and um, he had a lovely time on stage singing those songs he was well known for and uh, appearing in a, a few movies too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I have actually heard it, that he could finish a bottle of red and 30 cigarettes during an interview. I don't know if, there's, if that's true or whether you've heard it or whether you experienced it. <laughs> that's what he did with me that day. He did. Oh, my God. That's true then. Wow, love it, love that (laughs) And and then hours later he gets on stage and performs like a Well, you know what, how? (laughs) How do you do that? (laughs) Some people have the talent to do it, that's it Yeah, that must just just be it, yeah, absolutely Okay, so um, let's go to a film actress now You've um, interviewed Catherine Grayson I know the name, I know I've seen films with her and I'm trying to bring it up to me now. What films did I see her in? Because I know the name back from when I was a, um, a child growing up and she was a big movie star. Well, me too. And I, I can't relate any movies. Um, I've watched movies.
Properties with Catherine Grayson. But, um, yes, I interviewed her one morning on um, the O10 network. Uh, lovely lady, got a photo with her. And, um, yeah, just a delightful person to interview. I think she'd basically finished her film career then and was just touring around the world. She was a big name, Catherine Grayson, and uh, anyone that knew she was in town wanted to interview her, and that's what happened. Yeah. I can sort of ask you now about Ronnie Corbett from the two Ronnies fame. So you got to interview him now. I'm dying to hear about this. So how was that? Where was that? And, uh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, that 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 again was uh, again at Twin Town Services Club, right? And I did a I did an interview um, on tape, which I put on radio, and just about his career, what he did, and and the whole bit. But I walked into the um, uh, room he was in, getting ready for the show at Twin Town Services Club, and there he is with his. Um, bow tie on, yeah. his braces are hanging down, no <laughs> pants on at the moment, shoes and socks on and ready to pull his pants up and tuck himself in and go. So I said, Ronnie, let's go. He said, hey, we've got time for one, haven't we? One here, one there, bit of a drink, cheers, dropped it down. <laughs> Straight scotch. And I went, oh, okay. I said, let's go. Pants are on now. He said, hey, we've got time for one more. One more. I said, listen, mate, you're on stage in about three minutes. Cheers, cheers. Up we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Twin Town Services Club. Put your hands together for the legendary one and only Ronnie Corbett. It's a wonder he didn't walk on stage and fall over. No, the first thing was a gag. Fantastic. Did he see the show through? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it was, oh, wonderful stuff. Yeah, did oh. it every night of the week, yeah, for a week. Yeah. Oh, my God, wonderful. And uh, did, did you get to speak to him at all um, more than that? And um, No, not really. No, yeah, yeah, because no. he was, was there was just for a show. Yeah, yeah, just a general conversation for three or four minutes every night. How are you going? What are you doing? Okay, you ready to go? Let's go. Let's go and do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, honestly, Jimmy, that's absolutely priceless. yeah. People like Johnny Cash doing the same thing on stage at Twin Towns, you know. Yeah. Oh, no, you have, you, yes, so Johnny Cash yeah, is another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, Johnny didn't say too much. He was just standing ready to go for you to interview him. Yeah. And um, his son Barry was in the group he brought from overseas to back him. Yeah, yeah. And um, Barry said to me one night, he said, you got a great voice. He said, you you should be doing more than radio work and all yeah. this. I said, thanks, Barry. I'm pretty filled up at the moment doing what I'm doing. But uh, Johnny Cash was a very quiet man, uh, didn't, um, didn't want to chat too much to anyone, just get on stage and sing the songs. That was Johnny. Yeah. And um, let me just think about somebody else. What about Bobby Rydell? Bobby Rydell? Bobby Rydell, I don't think these days in 2021 is uh, performing uh, like uh, putting songs out there. Uh, I'd like to think he would be performing, you know, the bloke that had the cha-cha-cha and I've got Bonnie and all those those great songs, um, fantastic man, put him on stage. We went down uh, to a bar area and had a drink. The people weren't um, coming up and annoying him and they just looked and said, there's Bobby Rydell and uh, we had a couple of beers. He said, mate, that's great, great yeah. stuff and, yeah. Um, yeah, goodbye, yeah. Yeah, right, there you go, goodbye. Yep. <laughs> nice call. <laughs> yeah, Okay, yeah. yeah. Is there is there any um, people that you would wish to interview again and in hindsight? Um, 
well, Matt Monroe, obviously, that's not with us anymore. But the, the thing the thing that makes an interview is not walking up with a whole lot of questions and getting ready to do the basic, uh, you were born here, what would you think about that? Just pretend you're speaking to a normal mate of yours, someone you know, like yourself, Trace, yeah. and just start having a chat. Gee, you know, we're going to get a couple of showers shortly. Yeah, yeah. How long are you here for, mate? Uh, boom, boom, boom. And out of out of that conversation, you get a relaxed person you're interviewing and then brings these things that are coming all through the conversation where you can say, hey, you said that, that's interesting. You know, what what happened in, in grade 12 at your school again? And <laughs> all that stuff is very, very easy to do. Yeah. And is there anybody that you didn't interview that you would have loved to interviewed? Oh, look, people like Frank Sinatra. You could go through a whole line of people. I mean, I remember when I was in the United States and I was doing a radio interview at um, WHIO Dayton, Ohio. And um, uh, so the interview went to the bloke that was doing the breakfast show here where I was the breakfast announcer. He's filling in for me. And um, so me and the promotions bloke go out for lunch at this uh, restaurant and he said to me, there's a brekkie bloke over there, mate. He does our brekkie show. And the brekkie bloke looked over and he said, hey, Bob, is that that announcer from Brisbane, Australia? Come and have a coffee and a drink with my guest. Excellent. So I go over and it's Ed Ames from the Ames Brothers that used to play the Indian and Daniel Boone. There you are. And... Um, and uh, I said to Ed Ames, gee, Ed, when I was at 4KQ in Brisbane as a broadcaster, I love that song from the production I do, I do, my cup run up over with love. He said, Jimmy, you're trying to tell me here in Dayton, Ohio, that you're playing that song from ILP in Brisbane, Australia, down under? And I said, absolutely. He said, Jimmy, let me sign my autograph for you. <laughs> and uh, <what> he did. <laughs> Oh, that's priceless. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you've obviously there's lo- loads of people that you've interviewed in your time. It was seven years of TV. But you've got, you obviously have met a lot of people on your way, not just those people, people you've worked with, people that are behind the camera. And one of those people are Brian Doyle. He's a cameraman, and I know he's done a lot of camera work. Yeah, yeah. He's actually a guy who also got to interview a very big prog rock star called Kate Bush. And when yep. Brian gets well enough, because he's had a stroke and I'm dying to get him on here, uh, he's going to yep. come on and speak about all these things. But you've, um, I don't know if you've actually worked together or whether you just came to know each other, because I know you make some friends. We've all been together. So, uh, yeah, tell me a bit about I, I, I have worked with Brian. I remember Brian, who was a big television name as a first-class cameraman in Brisbane, working for the ABC, uh, Mike Willisy shows, national shows. Um he created his own legendary type of person he was as a cameraman because he was he was nominated for many awards and the whole bit. I've done a couple of private things with uh, with Brian. I was doing a um, a promotion for a radio station in Brisbane, um, and it was for BK reaching out, touching you. So they closed Queen Street down. I was in the main street at nine o'clock at night, and the bloke that's filming it like that, is Brian Doyle. He's been there around for a long time. Yeah, there a very go. good man too, very yes. good man. And he's really of the old school Brian, isn't he? And uh, a real tech, 
a real technician with the old style camera filming and it's all got it's all gone it's all gone digital now it's very different oh, yeah. but uh, yeah. he he is i've been in hoots of laughter he was because so, he's filmed things like the latter stuff that he did he filmed things like i'm a celebrity get me out of here so he was hidden in tree in trees with cameras and things like that and he's got some of the best story about the real the really worldly known people with all their little um tantrums and things like that it was he said it was absolutely incredible to see and he brought some of the out footage here well you know i mean what can i say about katie price what can i say about um is it was it johnny rotten i can't remember now katie price was amazing actually uh but i think it was johnny rotten on one of them uh, he had a hoot of a time just seeing this display of these people because obviously they're set up to be wound up as well that, that's those uh type of um those new shows isn't it but he's like done dame edna average and um, so many different people. He's got so many stories like yourself. So it was yeah. absolute privilege that you guys came to my wedding and uh, here on the Gold Coast. And uh, it, it was it was a real privilege that you came and we shared great times, didn't we, there? So yeah. get you and Brian together and the jokes start <laughs> rolling. I know, you <laughs> wind each other up beautifully. Well, Brian was the MC at my wedding. So, he um, certainly was. For years, that's right. And... Uh, and um, I've gotten to know you more, Jimmy, since I've been out here. And of course, you know, you know my husband for another reason, uh, Dr. Prog. Oh, he's just a great doctor. Um, uh, he was a doctor I went to, um, yeah. oh, gee, 38 years ago. And I've never yes. not gone to another doctor. <laughs> And he's he's a mate of mine. He's a mate of mine. Of yeah. course. Yeah. And there's a there's something else that you did. He he'd written a film. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Doctor Prog wrote a film called Unearth many years yep. ago. And I know I've talked about this on here before. We've done a whole show on it back in season yep. one. So I won't I won't uh, go too crazy here for the fans out there. Uh, but um, he wrote a film. He um, produced the film. He directed yep. the film. And and, a great uh, one too. I played yeah, a role in that film. Yeah. You played a great role in it. So, what was your memory of that? Because that was filmed down. Um, uh, Tenterfield. 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 I beg your pardon. Tenterfield. Yeah. yeah. What, yeah. what do you recall? What do you recall of that? Well, I, I, I recall nothing of Tenterfield because I recorded mine in um, ah. in Tweed Heads. <laughs> right. Right. Because so you were you were needed down there because that's that was um yeah. was it Bl- old Bluey was in that <laughs> that yeah yeah. That? Um, he he appeared in the television series series Bluey. Okay, yeah, yeah I played uh, police commissioner in in that yes, particular that's series. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you know what it was? It's on the cusp of like uh, like Peter's a full time doctor, but he's got this great interest and passion for film and music, like yourself, you know. And he decides to take his weekends out of not doctoring and going to school, learning to be a cameraman, learning yeah. to be a scriptwriter, learning. All that goes with making a feature film. Yeah. And then he raises the money and does it, employs everybody, puts them up in a hotel and goes around to all the locations and films it. Yes. And he's got a great film called Unearth. Now, that's an independent film. He's just had to just do it along the way, work it out. And um, the guy that starred in it from Bluey, he absolutely loved doing that film. He said it was one of the best fun times of his life because it was so relaxed and easy. And um, I'm sure it probably wasn't, but <laughs> that's a story Peter gives. <laughs> but well, he was, was a national national radio star himself that starred in Bluey. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yes, it, that's right. Peter said about that, actually. Thank you for that. He Because he's not, Peter's not crossed over into this world of the, the sort of new digital world of where you, if you want to get your stuff out there, you've got to know Facebook, you've got to know all this stuff, you've got to, you know, it, it, it had come to that and it was just another world altogether. Just like with Brian now, he's not a digital cameraman. He's of the old school, you know, yeah, Brian yeah, Doyle. Yeah. And this is the same with Peter. So, but Peter did get, um, it was nominated um, as you well know, Jimmy, it was nominated yes. for the Hoboken Award in New York, and it won Best Foreign it, Film of the it Year. Did, it it, did. Yeah, it's twenty. I think it was either twenty ten or twenty twelve. Yeah, and you know that 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 is huge. That goes to show there's really something there that that person could go on and flourish. But he found a completely different um, uh, uh, because of not being in the inside, and you know, not not. It's not what you know, it's who you know kind of thing. Kind of rained mm. down a very different uh, atmosphere yeah. on the, in the aftertones of it. Yes, yeah. it does, Happens doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So where was yours filmed? Um, at Tweed Heads? Yes, mine was uh, filmed at Tweed Heads and put together when the um, the movie was all completed and uh, came out as just a, a nice movie called Unearth. Yeah, yeah, and that was shown here on the Gold Coast and wherever else, yeah. and uh, to yeah. pack cinemas and yes, uh, it did. Yeah, yeah, so and then Peter just went back to work. Yeah, he went back to work as a busy doctor and a, a musician-loving busy doctor who loved film. And uh... now I understand it, Jimmy. You also did um, a, a guest role in a sci-fi series called Time Tracks. That's right. Yeah, gee, we're we're going back. Um... <laughs> yes, I, did. I, I can't remember too much about it. It was filmed at the um, uh, film studios um, opposite uh, the the Dream World up on the uh, Gold Coast where a lot of major films with a lot of national stars are here currently in Australia filming uh, for the worldwide audience. And, um, yeah, um, I can't remember too much about Time Tracks. Gee, you just revolved yeah. me into that particular <laughs> Serious, yeah, you it was three, you or, three or four minute thing in time tracks, yeah, yeah. Well, you've been 56 years in the business, Jimmy. You're allowed to, you know, you're, you're doing brilliantly well. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot of years in the business and a lot of things that happen. Once the file comes up, we remember every detail, but sometimes just grabbing the file can take a bit of t- tussling out, can't it, if it's uh, those few years back. So yeah. um, what's your most memorable time in front of the camera that comes to mind? I'm sure there's so many. Oh, there's so many. Um, uh, let's look for a mistake. Um, my most memorable time, because everything else was smooth, pretty well smooth, you know, you could get away with anything. But um, that particular Amco Cup I was talking about before I joined the network full time, and um, there was a bloke, a football bloke, and he said, here's some more information you might need um, with the Amco Cup. And I thought, don't be silly. I just introduced it and uh, it goes. So I did the first bit and I said, uh, and now let's go to Ray Warren at Leichhardt Oval in Sydney. <laughs> Nothing. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the monitor and I'm still on. I've gone, oh, okay. <laughs> Look, a couple of things about the uh, AMCO Cup today. And uh, I thought, thank goodness I've got this information. So I've rolled a little bit and I thought, okay, I'll cross over now. I'm still there. And so the bloke in the control room thought, oh, because he knows so much and we can't cross, uh, we've got problems here, just let him go on. So all this information I've read, I've done it. 
And I said, so let's go right now to Ray Warren for the Amco Cup. I'm still on air. I said, and we'll take this small commercial break and gesture to get up off the thing. And they said, oh, he's leaving the camera. Let's go for a commercial break. Boom. That's one I remember. <laughs> and then I raced in and abused them. Why did you keep me on so long? <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy, I thank you so much for the stories. And I do have something else to ask you about music. Yeah. Okay, you've probably heard of um, Desert Island Discs from years ago. Uh, you may not, actually, because it was very British. But anyway, what if you were to go to a desert island, what's three albums that you would like to take with you? Oh, gee, that's a, that's a hard one. Um, I'd like to mm. take uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips. Yeah. A great track on that called So Sad, the song. Love it. Gee, you got me on the other two. Um, golly, I don't know. I'd just take the 30 I've got in the uh, home with me and just put them all down. No, not allowed, Jimmy. Three. Come on, I know you'd take one of the Beatles. Oh, yeah, okay. I'd, well, okay. I'd <laughs> take the Beatles and I'd take the BGs. Okay, so which Beatles one are you taking? Gee, um, Oh, Sergeant Peppers. Oh, look, that'll do because any Beatles song I love. And then uh, Gladys yeah. Knight and the Pips. And the Pips and the Bee Gees. And the Bee Gees. Any, any, any album of the Bee Gees and the rest. Yep. Any album, just like I was saying earlier, early before, ladies and gentlemen, you know, Jimmy is so lovely, but he's definitely a musical prostitute. As much as you can give him, he will take. So, uh, <laughs> music, that is, of course. Yes, of course. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> well, you know, and I do hope, Jimmy, sometime in the near future, that you'll come back on again and share with us what's going on and uh, out there, you know, in Radio Land. And, and, so, and, you know, just as a very last question, you've kept going all these years, you're still there. So, what is it? What what habits are you forming in order to keep going? Is it just the sheer passion? Is it just a job now, which I don't think it's just a job now? But what is it that keeps Jimmy going um, and to be the, as successful as you are? It's just the uh, culmination of me joining the radio industry so young at 16. I've had so many diverse operations on air in respect to uh, stations where I've been. Um, it's, it's just the, the fact that I know no other work and it's just in my soul and system to broadcast. That's basically it in a nutcase. It's just passionately what you love, yeah. It'll never go away, and you know, I'm still doing it, you know, and uh, loving it. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's a silly question, but it's great to hear how you put the answer, and that, that's just such a wonderful way to finish this show on, Jimmy. So, Thank you, Tracy. Thank you so much for coming in, and any little message you can think of to say to what fans come onto your radio station and listen to you, any little message you can give them about... Uh, well, just keep listening to Whitey on the weekends here on the Gold Coast Zone, 94.1 FM. Oh, you hear that? Hear you guys out there. And you know what? Jimmy is up in Dr. Prod's studio with his tiny little mic, not what Jimmy's actually used to. And that shows what a humble, great guy he is to not be in his own stuff with his own equipment. And that is Jimmy White for you. And I'm sure he'll come back and see us again. Jimmy, thank you so much. Take good care of yourself. Thank you, Tracy. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. And you guys out there, that's it. You've been listening to Jimmy White on Tracy's Prog World. Hasn't it been so entertaining, so informing, and just great? These greats are still there doing it. So don't forget to join me next week. Until then, take care of yourself, love one another, and uh, it's over and out from Tracy's Prog World.
you. Fantastic. <laughs>